the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Very happy to have you with us today. Oh, State of the Union. Well, the State of the Union sucks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We'll get to more of that in just a little while. Our good friend, uh, Congressman Scott Perry, is going to drop by, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus. Also, uh, Congressman Barry Loudermilk from Georgia is going to preview the State of the Union address. I'm very anxious to hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the new governor of Arkansas, and I hear from our fellow, our, our friends across the Mississippi River, the Arkansans, as they are called, uh, that she's doing a pretty darn good job. And so anyway, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will deliver the rebuttal of Joe Biden's remarks. You know, I wonder if Joe Biden actually knows what's happening tonight. They, they're they going to keep him on ice for most of the day. So they're going to get him drugged up, slip a little something-something into the uh, porridge, and they're going to get him propped up and ready to go. So he's going to be on his meds tonight. But I wonder deep down if he really knows it's the State of the Union address and not like the state of Delaware, right? So you, you just wonder. Anyway, um, of all the people tonight that I'm going to be watching, it's the sign language interpreter. Thoughts and prayers. Trying to figure out what that guy's saying. So uh, anyway, we're going to have a great show for you. I want to start out, though, with a a trio of just weird stories involving uh, Black History Month. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, February is Black History Month, and we celebrate that on the Todd Starnes Radio Program. As a matter of fact, we we actually had our, our friend Tim Barton from Wall Builders on talking about all of the the great black Republicans and black conservatives through American history that do not get recognized. But th- there are three stories that have had me somewhat alarmed. And when you look at the state of the country right now and everybody is at each other's throats and the Democrats are throwing around the race card, So there are a couple of stories that really got my attention. The first one in Nyack, New York, the middle school there, a cafeteria kicking off Black History Month, and they served the children chicken and waffles and a delicious, refreshing watermelon-themed dessert. And then all you-know-what broke loose. Uh, The principal, a guy by the name of David Johnson, said he was horrified, and he apologized for the cultural insensitivity displayed 
by Aramark. That's the food provider. Aramark said the timing of the menu was unfortunate and the lunch ladies were supposed to serve something else. Now, I just want to say, I don't know what the food is like at Nyack Middle School, but if it's anything like the food we were served at Hope P. Sullivan Elementary School in South Haven, Mississippi, it was not good. Except for pizza day when you got that big, big slab of square pizza. That was a good day. The rest of the days, not so much. And I suspect the children would rather feast on chicken and waffles instead of, I don't know, mystery meat and the vegetable medley. Never could handle the vegetable medley with the peas and the square carrots. Very disgusting. So we don't know who complained, but apparently parents and students were horribly offended and triggered by the chicken and waffles. But here's the thing. Nobody's ever been able to explain to me what is racially offensive about chicken and waffles. What is racially insensitive about watermelon? And I would love for someone out there to to call into this program and explain to me what is racially offensive about things like cornbread and collard greens and sweet potato pie and fried chicken and watermelon. Why are those dishes now considered to be racially offensive or in some cases racist? Now, I grew up in the South. I know plenty of white people who love eating chicken. We call it the gospel bird. As a matter of fact, we don't believe it's racist. We just think it's finger-licking good. But clearly in Nyack, New York, this story has just triggered people. And folks are literally falling all over themselves, apologizing for serving the children chicken and waffles. All I can tell you is, it's a good thing they didn't put out a big old bottle of Mrs. Butterworth's, or we would be talking about, I don't know, riots in Nyack, New York. So I'm curious to know from you, do you know why chicken and waffles are considered racist? 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. There's another story, this one from the University of Richmond. That's in Virginia. Oh, Virginia, as they used to call it back in the day. The Commonwealth of Virginia, the University of Richmond, which used to be a Baptist school back in the day. I believe they call themselves the Spiders. Anyway, they renamed the College of Law, named after a guy named T.C. Williams. Now, you say, why did they rename the University of Richmond Law School? Well, the university says, or as they say in Virginia, the university, they said that Mr. Williams owned slaves back in the day. He was a slave owner. I say, I say. Well, it turns out the family is now refuting that claim. They say, what are you, are you people nuts? They say, our forefather was not a slave owner. And so now the family is fighting back, but it doesn't matter because the university has already removed the name from the College of Law. And this is not the first time this has happened. I mean, this is going on all over the place. I mean, they're tearing down statues and monuments and signs and roadways and renaming parks, digging up dead bodies of Confederate war generals. 
I mean, we've got ourselves a full-blown cultural cleansing on our hands. So back to the University of Richmond. So the family had a choice here because typically nobody does anything. As a matter of fact, they normally just hide in the shadows and they accept whatever's coming at them. But the good news here is that the Williams family has decided to fight back, big time. Uh, This story from the College Fix. The descendants of Mr. T.C. Williams, an early benefactor of the school, and by the way, the Williams family has given just boatloads of money. They are now demanding the university pay back every single penny. But it doesn't stop there. They're also demanding 6% compounded interest over 132 years. When you do the math on that, we're talking more than $51 million the family of Mr. Williams is demanding. And by the way, that doesn't include all of the other gifts the family made to the university over the years. Rob Smith is Mr. Williams's great-great-grandson. He says, quote, moreover, it is not a form of fraud to induce money from a benefactor and then discredit the benefactor after he is long dead. Surely the Williams family would not have given a penny to the university, knowing the university would later dishonor the family. The ethical and virtuous decision is clear. Return the money. You know, it seems to me they have to, right? Fruit of the poison tree. I mean, how could the University of Richmond, in, in, good, in good conscience, actually have a law school that was built using money from someone they believe to be a slaveholder, even though the guy never never had slaves? It's a fair question. So, the, so they're going to push this. I think they're going to sue the University of Richmond. Now, T.C. Williams attended Richmond College from 1846 to 1849 and was a trustee of the school in the 1880s. And his family, after his death, made a gift to the university to help establish the law school. The family says they've sent the president, Kevin Halleck, 20 emails asking for the evidence the university used to state that T.C. Williams had a connection to slavery and nobody has responded. You know why? Because it didn't happen. But it doesn't matter because, again, as I have said, and I have warned you folks about this, anything named after a white guy born before the year 2000 is going is, is gonna to be suspect. They're going to come after you. That's just the reality of it. So anyway, there's no evidence this guy owns slaves. Now the family is demanding payment in full, and I say good for you. I say go get them right now. Go get them. Sue them. Demand, you, you know what you ought to do, folks. Either demand all of the money back or that they bulldoze the buildings. That's what you ought to do. And then there is this crazy story from Disney, and we touched on this a little bit yesterday. Disney is getting blowback for producing this full-blown anti-white propaganda cartoon. By the way, we're only a few days into Black History Month, folks, and it seems to me like it's Attack the White Guy Month. That's what it seems like. Anyway, Disney has rebooted The Proud Family. It features children singing a song about slavery and reparations. 
and arguing that America owes black Americans because we have yet to atone for racism and white supremacy. Ladies and gentlemen, it is nothing more than animated critical race theory. That's what this is. I want you to take a listen to the song. This is Disney, the people that gave us Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. And was it um, Donald Duck? No, Daffy Duck's the other guy. That's the Looney Tunes. We're talking Donald Duck and the Goofy character. All right, take a listen. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made, made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs to the northern bankers to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current senators, the Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom. So I don't understand her. So they they want the they want the 40 acres and a mule, and then they say you can keep the mule and you can keep the 40 and they want their free. Well, all right, may I just ask a question here? Uh, who do you know someone who is a slave right now in America? Do you know someone who is not a free man or free woman in America? Who are those? I would like, if you know of that person, I will personally go and help set that person free. If there, if there is somebody in America right now being forced to pick cotton or soybeans or cook chicken and waffles in a school cafeteria against their will, you tell me. You call me up right now, and I will personally go down, and we will set that person free. But the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, there are no slaves in America. We are all a free people. We can all claim our American dream. And the fact that Disney, the happiest place on earth, is now the wokest place on earth, and that Disney is using your hard-earned money to produce propaganda cartoons like this should disturb you. And here's the reason why. How long is it going to be before this stuff really starts to sink in with not Generation Z? It's the generation coming up behind them. We already know that Generation Z is wanting their reparations. But what about what about the generation coming up, the one that is now getting this kind of indoctrination in their homes? I'm telling you, folks, they are paving the way for a da- very dangerous time in America. That's all this is. And I would just 
turn your attention once again to what Disney is doing here. Just a few days ago, we told you about they were tearing down Splash Mountain because of its ties to Song of the South. Disney said the film is racially insensitive, but guess what? The NAAP said, yeah, but it's a brilliant film, and the star became the first black man to win an Academy Award. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't fit their agenda. we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. How do you guard your kids, your grandkids, against this woke, anti-white propaganda that's coming out? 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. So just to put a, a cherry on top of all of this, Harry Styles is in hot water. I want you to listen to what happened uh, when Harry Styles won a Grammy Award uh, just the other night. Take a listen. Man, um, I've been so, so inspired by every artist in this category with me at a lot of different times in my life. I listen to everyone in this category when I'm alone. And um, I think like on nights like tonight, it's obviously so important for us to remember that there is no such thing as best in music. Um, I don't think any of us sit in the studio thinking, making decisions based on what is going to get us one of these. This is really, really kind. I'm so, so grateful. I'm going to pass it over to my collaborators who are I'm just so uh, this doesn't happen to people like me very often and this is so so nice thank you very very much alright okay. so very nice speech um, now he's, he's under attack so it turns out that Harry Styles has now been accused of having white privilege because he said that these kinds of things don't happen to people like him very often. What did he mean by Because everybody says, oh, you're a white guy from Britain. You know, it's not like a white guy from Britain has won a Grammy before. So we're not quite sure exactly what Harry Styles was talking about. I mean, I don't know. Maybe isn't he the one that wears the, the, the dresses, Harry Styles? Uh, yeah, that's him. So maybe it's maybe guys like him. He's saying, you know, these guys who wear, you know, dresses, don't normally get the big awards. I I don't know, but I it's 
I'm telling you, they're coming after everybody. You better pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what happens when you go around and teach boys and girls that one group of people is the oppressor and the other is the oppressed. Can we get back to judging people by the content of their character, ladies and gentlemen? Is that such a difficult concept for us us to grasp here? All right, got to take a break. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. All right, President Biden's State of the Union address tonight. Mary Miller, uh, the congresswoman, not not going. She's she's not going to attend. And there are other Republicans who may be doing the same. You know, there there's just not a lot there. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess of a speech. By the way, Biden is expected to announce that the state of the economy is strong, which is absolutely ludicrous. I'm I'm curious how many of you out there would say that the economy is strong right now. The polling data is all over the place, and everybody, ABC, CBS, NBC. Even the folks over at CNN, the most profane name in news. Crying Negro Network. Thanks, Judge Joe Brown. Even CNN saying that Biden's approval ratings are are in the toilet and that people are just literally freaking out over what to do, Democrats especially. By the way, uh, Jill Biden, Mrs. Dr. First Lady, I'm going to share with you the list of people that she's invited, including Paul Pelosi. Hammer time. Uh, Jill Biden is also going to host Bono. And also the um, the parents of Tyree Nichols. That's the young man from Memphis, Tennessee, who was brutally beaten to death by police, died three days later. And by the way, they're using that young man's death to push massive, massive police reforms. And by reforms, they want to take away the rights of the police to actually do their jobs. I'm going to say something about this Tyree Nichols thing, and I don't want to, I don't want to do a deep dive into this. We've done that in the past. Um, we still don't know the motive for this attack. And I can tell you that there's not a single law enforcement agent who would literally run up to a car and just fling open the door and drag the suspect out. That that just does not happen unless, unless, as is the case which happened in George Floyd's instance, where the arresting officer actually knew the person. 
And there is a lot of speculation. As a matter of fact, Newsweek had a piece out quoting sources in Memphis suggesting there may have been some sort of a lover's triangle involved in this. Family says didn't happen, but there's a heck of a lot of local reporting now that there was a lot more to this than meets. In other words, it doesn't matter how much police reform you want to push. That's not what happened in Memphis, Tennessee. Anyway, they're going to be uh, they're going to be on the um, in the first lady's box. Also, the ambassador of Ukraine. Are they now a state? Have we have we gotten to that point yet? They're actually getting more money than than most legitimate states. Anyway, 844-747-8868. What do you want to hear the president say tonight? What do you want to hear Sarah Sanders say tonight? Some people say Sarah Sanders could be auditioning for a role as Trump's VP. 844-747-8868. And who would you like for Trump's VP to be? He's going to be the nominee, ladies and gentlemen. I just thought I'd get that right out of the way. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, a few moments ago, um, was uh, speaking before the cameras. Um, the committee hearings are well underway. Take a listen. We've had now dozens of whistleblowers come talk to House Republican staff on the Judiciary Committee. In fact, one of them is testifying in a transcribed interview as we speak, talking about how the Justice Department is now operating in, operated in such a political uh, fashion and manner. Uh, second, you all know about the Twitter files where we have learned that big tech, big government are colluding to keep information from we the people. Um, the most egregious example took place prior to the 2020 presidential election where they kept that information from the country just days and weeks before the most important election we have, suppressing a story and limiting Americans' free speech rights. And then finally, third, when I think about the accountability that we plan to bring to this administration, I just think in the broad sense. I mean, everything has gotten worse. In two years' time, we went from a secure border to no border. We went from safe streets to record crime. We went from stable prices to record inflation. And, of course, as I've said, we have a government that now, I believe, is targeting the very people it is supposed to serve. So we plan on, as a Republican majority, holding them accountable and dealing with what we have seen. And, again, what has been exposed from the Twitter files and, of course, what these um, – these brave FBI agents who've come to us now as whistleblowers and told us how the Justice Department is operating and how it is not supposed to be functioning in that manner because it is supposed to be equal treatment under the law in this great country. I now want to turn it over to the majority. All right, uh, let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, Congressman Barry Loudermilk joins us from Georgia. Congressman, good to have you with us today. And uh, what do you expect to hear tonight from the State of the Union? Well, Todd, with this administration, it is no telling what may come out of his mouth or what may be in the teleprompter or if he just goes off script. It is no telling what may come out. But I expect what we're going to hear is more of the man behind the curtain telling everybody, don't look at what reality is. Don't look at what you're experiencing. Don't look at what you're really paying for a dozen eggs. Everything's okay. Just trust me. I think that is kind of going to be what America is going to hear is, look, I'm doing a great job. Um, just trust me. We'll get through this. Now, Congressman, you say the man behind the curtains. I, I Is he the guy behind the curtains? I, I, I'm, I'm really starting to doubt that, especially with the in the aftermath of this Chinese balloon episode. 
Well, let's say this. He is the face of Oz that is, uh, you know, the, the projected face of Oz. We don't know who's actually pulling the le- levers back there. Um, but the thing about the Chinese balloon, I mean, it's it, it, it regardless of why it was let to come in. I, you know, I worked with NORAD when I was in, in Air Force and in intelligence, so I can see some uh, reasons why you would uh, want to collect more information from it and, you know, uh, let it go for a ways. But... What we handled this terribly. Whether we purposely allowed it to come in, I mean, we we showed weakness on the international arena. Um, and what this shows, and I think if there's any silver lining in in all of this, is maybe it's a wake up call to some who have thought that well, China, they're just our our neighbor that we're having a spat over our fence line, and it'll all go away. No, this is the neighbor who is planning and plotting to take your house, to take your family and to take your livelihood. And so I think this may be a wake up call to a lot of people Um, in the hearing I was just in, there were Democrats who were condemning the president for the way he handled the the Chinese spy balloon. And it, and it, it, it shows us that the first thing that we have to do is recognize China is our enemy. They are not our friends. They are economic partners, but they are our enemy. Well, I think you even had Leon Panetta coming out and saying, hey, we should have shot this thing down. Uh, even Joe Biden said, well, I wanted to shoot it down Wednesday, but they told me not to. I want to know who's telling the commander in chief what he can and cannot order the military to do. That's what I want to know. Yeah, and that's true. And, but so do you really want this guy actually making decisions at this point? And, and so it's, you know, the, the problem that we have, is that nobody trusts the ability of the current administration to do anything. The economy, which was vibrant, even was making recovery after the pandemic, went went south and went very quickly because of this administration and Democrat leadership. Um, our readiness, our ability to defend our, our, our homeland from an invasion from the south, uh, the, the southern border, it's not even that they're trying they're they're not even trying to stop it they're actually enabling more people to come in congressman, right and now we've got our borders aren't even secure anywhere congressman i want to i want to dip into your and tap into your um, air force experience and your flight experience i've seen some graphs that seem to indicate that this balloon was just coincidentally um, traveling over a number of military installations and silos on its journey to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where they have wonderful golf courses. Uh, do you think this was coincidental, or was this craft being guided? Well, at one point, I believe it was guided. I was also briefed that uh, at some point the DOD disabled the ability for the Chinese to communicate with it or control it. At what point, I don't know where that was and it may have just been caught in the you know prevailing winds at 60 to 70,000 feet. I've also been told that we were overflying it with U2 uh, spy planes through much of its its course and that we had disabled its ability to actually um, do any surveillance. Now, hopefully we will learn something more about all this. Um, the other question I have is um, you know, a lot of these silos are 1970s, 1980s technology, um, and so they've been around for a long time. I don't know why they would have been able to gather. I'm more concerned of some of the other areas that may 
flown over that uh, can show our, our troop strength and our readiness uh, to respond uh, with aircraft, with ground forces, and that type of thing. But anytime a foreign adversary, and, and again, we have to perceive China as a military adversary to this nation. Anytime an adversary gets free reign over the, the country is of grave concern. So whether it was purposely allowed in or whether accidentally, we've got to go back and look at our readiness because there is no way we should have ever not known that this was coming. When I worked with NORAD in the end of the Cold, the Cold War, not only we were intercepting Soviet aircraft coming into airspace up in Alaska, our intelligence was so good that most of the time we even knew when the airplane was coming before it even took off from the, the airport in the Soviet Union. What happened to that level of technology superiority in our military that a spy balloon was allowed or wasn't detected before it got into the U.S. airspace? You see, that's that's what gets me is just somebody was just not doing their job. And, and, you know, you've talked about this on the program a number of times, that the military's emphasis these days seems to be on these woke, uh, you know, sex and gender issues, critical race theory. And not really on military readiness, which has been a major concern of Republicans for the past couple of years. Exactly. And as China is taking advantage of our woke policies, they're training their forces to to do unbelievable things. They're, they're advancing technologically uh, in their military. I don't think that they are to the point where they've caught up with us. But if we don't take the posture that we had during the Cold War, and we invest in military technology like hypersonic weapons, they're way ahead of us in developing hypersonic weapons. So is Russia. We've got to focus back on the the, the basic premise of our military is to defend our nation from foreign aggressors. And the way we do that is to develop a military that is totally capable and better than any other military in the world. And their job is to kill people and break things in defense of our country. It is not to make people feel good. It's to make our adversaries scared of us. And again, this whole philosophy, peace through strength. Uh, Congressman, before we let you go, there have been a lot of questions about EMP devices. Is that a legitimate threat, and could those balloons be used as a platform to, to, to unleash something like that on American soil? You know, it's hard to answer without knowing, you know, what is the, the payload weight of a balloon like that? Uh, what is the, you know, how do you communicate with it? I mean, there. I think theoretically, yes. Um, in a uh, Tom Clancy novel, I think you could write a scenario <laughs> to where that happens. Um, but in reality, um, I, would, I would leave that to the experts of whether a helium-filled balloon could actually uh, carry an explosive device, because uh, I don't know what the weight of an EMP would be, but, you know, theoretically, that's a very scary scenario. It is. All right, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Uh, appreciate all the uh, the intel. By the way, who is your plus one tonight for the, the State of the Union? Um, You know, I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to stump you. So uh, former Congressman Jody Heiss, I got to be his plus one a couple of years ago. Uh, it was a it was a fantastic oh, okay. thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I was thinking a different way. You know, actually, my wife is is usually going to go, but um, this time I think we're going to let one of our staff members who you know they hear in our office they're working uh, tirelessly day in and day out, and a lot of times we're keeping them here late at night, and so uh, we're going to reward one of our staff members to be able to go in and and uh, actually. Uh, experience a state of the union a good boss i love it all right well congressman uh we'll be watching tonight and of course sarah sanders delivering the republican response uh that's going to be very interesting to see and we appreciate your time today all right we'll talk anytime thank you all right there you go folks congressman barry loudermilk uh, served in the air force and he's a congressman from georgia giving us some insight into what exactly uh, happened with this Chinese balloon, and a lot of a lot of questions still need to be answered. We got to take a break. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight toll free telephone number. That's eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. We'll be right back. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, let's get to the phones here. Angie and Georgia, WDUN, our great station there. Hi, Angie, what's on your mind? Hi, Todd. I'm so glad you're back. I love your fill-ins, but there's nothing like the original. Thank God you're back. (laughs) I love it. I'm extra crispy and spicy today, Angie. Yeah. I don't know how to say this without sounding like total whatever I sound like. But I grew up in Memphis, and I grew up in a very political Republican family. My, 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 my dad was in the service and stuff like that. We had bumper stickers all over our cars back in the 1970s saying, keep America in America and buy America. My question is, when are we going to hold the American, American corporate companies liable for buying everything from China. I can't go into a mom and pop store anymore. I can't go anywhere. And if that balloon had come over our house, believe you me, my husband would have shot it down. Yeah, it's it's a great question, Angie, and and ultimately that's that's personal responsibility and and it requires a little bit of work. Uh, I try to do that here in the Memphis area. I shop as local as possible and buy American-made products as much as humanly possible. 
And even Can as you ma- tell me where to go yeah. <laughs> here in Georgia, <laughs> we don't have anything. We have nothing. A great furniture <laughs> store, a great furniture store in Germantown, Tennessee, Chestnut Hill, and they take pride in everything made in America. It's actually marked. They got a big American flag on everything, and it's great furniture. Um, you know, shopping pharmacies. I try to, you know, you try to do that locally as as best you can. Buy your meat from a local butcher. Um, who's getting the meat because again you know a lot of these this product coming from the big farms you don't know what they're putting in that stuff so i always like to to try to shop as local as possible it's possible to do angie but it's hard i would just want somebody especially in the republican with you and rush limbaugh had brought this up years ago you know when is corporate america going to be held responsible instead of letting china Give Great all of question. our products. Amazon has ruined us. Walmart has yep. ruined us. All of us. Sure have. All of And China, people don't, people, the woke community does not understand as soon as that. Angie, hate to do this, but the computer's going to cut us off, but I know where you're going. We're going to pick that up on the other side of the break. Thank you for calling in, though. Folks, hang tight. Hour two coming up next. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. You know, I was watching little Donnie Lemon. He's the guy with a sh- uh, just a, a smidge more testosterone than the other two gals are on the CNN morning show. And little Donnie Lemon was talking about the balloon. Oh, it's just, it's just a balloon, guys. It's not a big deal. No, this is a big deal. According to the reporting of Sky News, they say the balloon was about the size of a 20-story building. And they also say that the, the payload, they believe, weighed an estimated 1,000 pounds about the size of a commercial jetliner. So it is a big deal. Just want to throw that out there for you. I wasn't able to get to that uh, in the last hour. I do want to go, though, right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We're honored to have with us the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, Congressman Scott Perry. Congressman, good to have you with us today. Well, great great to be with you, Todd. And look, um, Anytime anything from the Communist Party of China is in the United States, whether it's over our airspace or in one of our university research facilities, Americans have every right to be concerned, and, it's the, it's the, and it is the responsibility of the federal government to end those things and make sure they don't occur. And so it's just one more opportunity for President Biden to uh, to add to his long list and string of failures. And might I add, even our smartphones with, with TikTok. It's, it's amazing what the Chinese have been allowed to do. Yeah, we're not only allowing them, but we're, of course, assisting them in doing it. And while they might have been collecting information from a so-called balloon, you know, Civil War technology every single day in millions of home across, homes across the United States of America, our citizens are willingly giving up all their personal information to the Communist Party of China, and the government is doing little to warn Americans about this very dangerous long-term threat. 
Congressman, I, I want to talk about uh, tonight's State of the Union address and specifically uh, the person you are inviting to attend. Uh, every lawmaker gets to invite a single person. And I, I was very interested when I found out who you were inviting to the gathering tonight. Well, of course, I've invited Mr. Hauk and his wife. And if, you're, if your audience doesn't recall, uh, he was a protester at, in a, at a Planned Parenthood location last year last summer and uh the uh the, there was an altercation between him and uh one of the individuals that i guess assist we'll put it like that at planned parenthood and then the federal government decided to raid uh this uh this pennsylvania citizen's home and haul him off to jail and charge him with uh with violations of what's called i think the face act which disallows, you know, uproarious and criminal behavior at, uh, at, at abortion facilities. And of course, the, the gentleman, Mr. Hack, was protecting his son, uh, from this other, uh, perpetrator. But as usual, the federal government, the heavy hand of persecution at the awesome power of the federal government prevailed on, on Mr. Hack and his family as they lay asleep quietly in their Bucks County home in Pennsylvania. And uh, subsequent to all of that, he was the, the government tried to force him to take a plea. He did not. He stood for the charges, and he was found not guilty by every single juror in record time. And so I think it's important, as we have a general overall discussion about the weaponization of the federal government against citizens of the United States, that we provide some of the examples of that weaponization and that, and to let people know that uh, that you can prevail. Unfortunately, you have to fight. But Joe Biden, President Biden, needs to see these people that he has weaponized his government against. They are citizens of the United States, and they have their rights given by God, enshrined in the Constitution, not given by government, not given by Joe Biden. No, you're right about that, Congressman. And of course, uh, we've been talking about Mark Halk uh, and his. A case for quite some time, and it was great news to hear that he was uh, cleared of all wrongdoing. Uh, but it's important for people to understand this was a grown Planned Parenthood volunteer, grown man who accosted a 12-year-old boy. Mark Houck did what any father would do, and, and he pushed the guy out of the way. Uh, the local authorities refused to press any charges. They said no crime had been committed. And then, as you said, the federal government, the FBI, sent in a, a, a raid unit, uh, guns drawn, and it was a horrifying scene there in the family's house, much like they they did at Mar-a-Lago uh, to President Trump. And I, I'm glad that he is uh, has been vindicated. But the message, uh, Congressman, that this sends to other pro-life Americans is really chilling because he was not the only person whose house was raided. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course, it is a message that the federal government, as weaponized administration, is trying to send to people all across the country, whether if you're a a pro-life supporter or whether you you, you want to make statements on your favorite social media platform, be advised that you might have the heavy hand of the federal government law enforcement agents breaking down your doors or knocking on your doors in the wee hours of the morning. And as you open up the door you know, standing there in your skivvies, you know, be taken out onto the lawn or something like that. And, uh, you know, and then and then find yourself defending yourself in court under criminal charges 
about, about these type of things where you avail yourself to your God-given uh, civil rights. And, and I think it's, they're trying to send a message. And, of course, we are resisting. And Mark Houck is one of the heroes of that resistance. And, you know, he it, it, look, it comes at a cost, Todd. And it's, it, and it's a cost that, that free Americans should not have to bear. And we're trying to make the case so that the American people can see that these things are happening and we need to we need to reject them. We need to reject the people that uh, that uh, 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 promulgate these policies and these activities. We need to reject this attitude that the federal government can do these things with impunity to anyone. Congressman, uh, before we let you go, I want to circle back to this this balloon incident. And there's so much we don't know, and I know that you guys are going to get to the bottom of it in the in the House hearings and committee meetings. Uh, my concern is the Pentagon here. If if we are to believe their story, and we had President Trump on yesterday, and he says n- there were no Chinese balloons crossing um, into American airspace under his administration, but General Milley says otherwise, and he says that he knowingly, he did not intentionally, did not tell the, the president. That, to me, sounds like a crime that he's confessing to. What, what about you? Well, it sure sounds like a crime uh, as well. He's either lying, he's lying on one side of the occasion or telling the truth on the other, either one bad for him. Um, you know, he can't, as, as the guy who's supposed to advise the, the president from a military standpoint as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it's not his decision whether he tells the president or not. The president is the commander-in-chief, and he makes the decisions based on the information that he has. And if the if the chairman of the Joint Chiefs withheld that information that is a stunning admission and i think that the department of justice and well maybe no it's not wouldn't be the department of justice but it would be uh the the dod and the inspector general there would probably look to determine whether charges should be filed uh for for that kind of activity and don't forget, this is the same general uh, who said he reached out to the Chinese uh, in the aftermath of that very controversial presidential election in the last cycle. Uh, th- th- something's got to be done here, and we've got to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, we, we have to have our, our people that serve in uniform. Uh, we, we have to know that they're loyal to the country, the Constitution, and to the rule of law and the chain of command. Otherwise, they shouldn't be in uniform, certainly at a minimum. And and if they're going to do things like this when they're in, in uniform, they are subject to the Uniform Code of Military Justice. All right. Uh, Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Appreciate your great time today and your great work there on the Freedom Caucus. Well, thank you, sir. God bless you and your audience. Have All right. Uh, there you go, folks. Scott, Congressman Scott Perry out of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania bringing an American hero, a gentleman by the name of Mark Houck, a devout Catholic man, pro-life, very well known in the pro-life community. And uh, he is getting his day uh, of vindication up on Capitol Hill. It's just horrifying what um, what the Biden administration did to this guy. By the way, I want to go back to, this is something that was revealed back in 2021. So General Milley, Mark Milley, who was a top military advisor to President Trump, actually reached out to China and took precautions to limit President Trump's ability to launch a a military strike or deploy nuclear weapons. This is in a book uh, written by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa of the Washington Post. The book was called Peril. 
And Woodward and Costa write that Milley was so afraid that Trump had constructed his own alternate reality about endless election conspiracies and was worried the former president could go rogue. So what did Milley do? Did he take his concerns to uh, the the cabinet? No. Did he take his concerns to the, the State Department or to the, uh, the, the defense secretary? No. Did he take them to Congress? No. He took it upon himself to take action. In a rare move, this is from the USA Today, USA Today reporting. In a rare move, the outlet reported, Milley called a secret meeting of senior military officials at the Pentagon on January the 8th to review the process for military action, including launching nuclear weapons. He instructed those in charge of the National Military Command Center, the Pentagon's war room, not to take orders from anyone without his involvement. Why is this man not in jail? According to CNN, he told the officials, no matter what you are told, you do the procedure, you do the process, and I'm part of that procedure. Milley then looked each officer in the eye and asked them to verbally confirm they understood his instructions. This sounds to me like like treason, ladies and gentlemen. Milley's actions were prompted by a phone call with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier in the day. Pelosi demanded to know what precautions are available to prevent an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or from accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. It's crazy. You know he's crazy. He's crazy, and what he did yesterday is further evidence of all of his craziness, she said. Milley said, I agree with everything. I agree with you on everything. Milley also reached out to Chinese, the Chinese general, Li Zhusheng of the People's Liberation Army, and said the U.S. had no intention of launching a strike against China. Well, who said we were going to launch a strike against China? This guy is off his rocker rogue, this Mark Milley. The guy needs to be in jail, not the Pentagon. So I'm curious, out of all the things we have learned thus far, do you have greater concerns about Joe Biden or the Pentagon going rogue and acting on their own without the involvement of the commander-in-chief? Got to take a break here, folks. 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. So in the last hour of the show, we we had a conversation with Congressman Barry Loudermill, and he was talking about the this committee hearing he was in, this committee meeting, and he said even some Democrats are lashing out at the Biden administration. Uh, this is an important thing that should not be overlooked. Again, we're talking about a president who is in free fall right now. And you're going to see more of this. You are going to start seeing Democrats distancing themselves, not only from Joe Biden, but especially Kamala Harris. And there was a fascinating New York Times story over the weekend, and it was it was an attack piece on Kamala Harris. This is the headline. Kamala Harris is trying to define her vice presidency. Even her allies are tired of waiting. 
So you need to understand these kinds of things are not happening in a vacuum. There is there is a reason for all of this happening. And understand that it's it Joe Biden is not pulling the strings here. He's not he's not the Wizard of Oz. That job goes to Barack Hussein Obama and Susan Rice. They're co Ozes, Ozai. And they're the ones that are orchestrating all of this. So they don't they know that Kamala Harris is not going to be able to be on the ticket. So she's gone if in fact Joe Biden is going to run for a second term. Her approval ratings are even worse than Biden's are. Now keep in mind, Biden is already eighty years old, the oldest president in American history. Kamala Harris, fifty eight years old. By the way, they're calling her an African-American and an Asian-American. That's how the New York Times frames her. They quote a prominent fundraiser for Democrats, a guy by the name of John Morgan, who says it doesn't take a genius to say, look, with his age, we really have to think about this. So far, he said, Kamala Harris has not distinguished herself. I can't think of one thing she's done except stay out of the way and stand beside him at certain ceremonies. Only 39% of Americans approve of Ms. Harris's job performance. That's according to an aggregate survey compiled by 538. This puts her below Joe Biden's approval rating, and his is horrible. His is 42%. Ms. Harris's allies say she's trapped in a damned if she does, damned if she doesn't conundrum. She is expected to not do anything to overshadow Mr. Biden while navigating intractable issues he has assigned her, such as voting rights and illegal immigration. And some see a double here. You know, it always goes back to this issue. And some see a double standard applied to a prominent woman of color. In other words, if someone is a person of color, you are not allowed to criticize them. And if you do criticize them, then you are a racist probably a member of the Klan. You probably watched the Dukes of Hazard as a kid. That's what being a first is all about, said Congressman James Clyburn of South Carolina. She's got to work every day to make sure she's not the last. I don't know about that. Anyway, even Biden is calling Harris a work in progress. <laughs> How do you like that? So what's go- what, What's the bottom line in all of this? It's very simple. If Biden runs, Kamala's not going to be the running mate. That will open the door. Somebody will have to step in and save the party from disaster. That person will either be Hillary Clinton, but more than likely will be someone like Michelle Obama. That's what this is all about. As a matter of fact, even even Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, is distancing himself from Joe Biden right now because he knows his goose is cooked. Or gander. I can't remember. Anyway, it's all very confusing. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, things are not looking good for the Biden administration. Knives are out. Kamala Harris is on the hot seat. She's on the way out. And she's got to know that. But there's really not much she could do because she has no allies in the Democrat Party. She is a very mean spirit. She's a nasty gal. No, I'm just talking about her personality. Nothing else. Don't read into that. 
All right, got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. Who do you think Biden's going to pick if Kamala's not the VP? Who do you think it's going to be? We'll be right back. this bumper music i'm feeling trippy like i'm going through some sort of something psychedelic i don't know what that's all about may somebody may have slipped something in the community coffee this morning hey good to have you back with us welcome to the todd stern's radio program interesting uh, update out of memphis tennessee my hometown where we broadcast this radio program from. So this Tyree Nichols case is getting very weird. Now, we told you that um, five officers had been charged with second-degree murder, but now we're being told more officers are facing discipline. We Eight officers have been fired, and now we understand even more are going to be punished. So a total of 13 police officers involved in this, along with two deputy sheriffs, and three EMTs. It's a mess. According to television station WREG, eight more police officers will be issued a statement of charges for violating policy in the Tyree Nichols case. Now, here's what we're hearing, and just to kind of keep you updated, because the professional race agitators, Al Sharpton, all that bunch, They've been pounding the pavement in Memphis, trying to stir up some sort of a riot or a race war, and it's not working. And that that goes to the good-hearted people of Memphis, Tennessee, who just don't have time for this nonsense. They don't have time to go and burn things down and block roads. As a matter of fact, the only people blocking roads, I think, are like 25, 30 people. But they see this for what it is, a horrible, horrible crime And they're crying, we want justice. Well, justice is in the process of being served. But that's not what they really want. So anyway, you've got this poor guy, Tyree Nichols, good, decent kid, 29. He's not a kid. He's 29 years old. He has a son, works at FedEx, a very well-known skater in the community. He loves to skateboard. Oh, as a matter of fact, Tony Hawk um, made a donation or something, did something very kind uh, for the family of Tyree Nichols. And but but this whole thing is not making sense. There's a lot more to this story that we are not being told. Now, the professional race agitators, the BLM crowd, they're all going to be using this as a way to crack down on police. They literally want to make it a crime for a police officer to conduct a traffic stop. That's the plan here. But if if what we are hearing and what has been reported is true, this has nothing to do with police policy. This has everything to do with a personal issue that turned deadly. And it it seems to me, if in fact, and, and again, we have not seen all the video. We haven't seen the reason why Tyree Nichols was pulled over in the first. We haven't seen any of that information. But the left wants you to believe that Memphis police are just going around and randomly pulling over black people and killing them, and that's just not the case. Uh, we're talking about, I think, 10, 11 officer-involved shootings, and in 10 of the 11, the officers were actually being 
targeted. In other words, they were in the process of being run over or shot at. So Newsweek has reported all of this. A lot of a lot of reputable news organizations are reporting there's more to the story. Uh, the family says no, there's not. This th- there was no relationship, you know, with a with a, a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. Th- there's nothing to that. But it's just not adding up. None of this is adding up. And now we're getting word that 13 police officers, folks, that tells me there is a leadership problem in the Memphis Police Department. And that tells me there's a leadership problem at City Hall. By the way, over the weekend, this happened in my neighborhood, actually. This happened in my neighborhood. Uh, There there was some sort of a violent police chase. These thugs just opened fire on the cops, and the guys are driving a Nissan. They're literally firing out of the back window of the Nissan a high-speed car chase through some very popular and very – you know, wealthy areas of Memphis. You've got people that are um, at a park called Shelby Farms, and they're li- they're literally driving ninety five miles an hour down this road, shooting out of the back window. Twenty some odd police cars in chase. They got the helicopter up, and they lost the guy. They lost they lost the guy. They, they they're still on the on the loose. How do you do that? Were they told to stop the chase? Were they told to disengage? It's messed up here, folks. Beautiful city, but it's a war zone. And I blame the Democrats. All right, let's go to the phones, 844-747-8868. Steve in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on our flagship station, KWAM. Hi, Steve. What's going on? Hey, uh, afternoon to you, Todd. Um, I'm sure, and, and I don't know what you know, what about the truth about the traffic stop i was gonna i was gonna tell you what the truth is and it's gonna come out it just hasn't come out yet um but i didn't know what you knew well why don't you well go ahead and share what you know steve you're you're on the on the air coast to coast so go ahead and tell us yeah he worked at fedex and he was seeing one of the police officers wives and supposedly he took a picture of them together, and the police officer saw that. And so they found out where he lived, and they tracked him, and they were going to teach him a lesson, and they got way out of hand, obviously. And that's the truth behind it, because you don't pull somebody out of a car like they did unless it's personal. And you could see that within those first few seconds. So Steve- they had this planned. And Steve, how do you know this? I'm, I'm curious how you got this information, this intel. Um, very close friends on the department. I see. So, so you've got contacts within the the police department. Yes, and you're and not it's the, going to come out. And you're not the only person saying this, Steve. I mean, it is all over the place. And the only reason we're bringing it up now is it is being reported in media to some content. To, to, to some extent, uh, the the family, though, denying all of this. But look, uh, let's be honest. Uh, there are some things that your mother and father probably do not know about you. So, um, but, but again, we've heard no confirmation from the police department. They're not commenting on it. But if you, if you, all you got to do, you don't even have to, you don't even have to be a, 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 a police officer. If you look at the way they pulled them out, you don't pull somebody out of the car unless it's personal like that. And that that was so evident that it was personal. 
you know, if he's reckless driving, you pull him over and you say, hey, do you know why I pulled you over? And I pulled you over because of this. And you talk to him and you give him a ticket or you do whatever. That that was never even initiated, man. They pulled him over. They opened up that door. They yanked him out of that car. And, you know, the plan was to beat him and to scare him. And obviously, emotions and everything, those officers lost it. And that was personal. That was a personal gang beating from cops. And That's not, what it looked uh, like. Know, 95, 80, 98% of the police force are not like that. Well, it's I would just, say I would say 99.9% of the police. Steve, I'm curious, what are your contacts within the department saying? I mean, how is morale? Well, it's very low right now because now, you know, they're they're definitely afraid of just even trying to do their job. Like, why, why should they put their lives, you know, what if somebody fights back? Are you... You know, instead of reacting, if somebody fights back and tries to hit you or shoot at you, now you're second-guessing yourself as to what should I do? Am I going to get in trouble? Is somebody filming me? You know, should I try to protect myself or my partner, you know, or the or the public? Like, and, and you can't do that. You just can't do your job. Because I was a police officer here in the 90s for eight years. You can't do your job if you start second-guessing yourself. You just can't. You know, I know I hear you, and it, it's concerning. You have Al Sharpton coming to our city and calling our police officers gangbangers. A few days later, one of our officers, who's just a salt-of-the-earth guy, works security at the church he goes to, um, got shot and critically wounded, and we're, we're hoping and praying for a, a recovery there. Uh, then you've got the cops being shot at over the weekend. It, it does seem there is a target on law enforcement in, in Memphis. Well, it's probably going to get worse because they know they can get away with it right now. And unfortunately, people are, you know, promoting the wrong standards uh, of this. Like you said, Mr. Sharpton, and and this is not a racist thing. It's never been a racist thing. Um, all they're doing is sending a message out that you can do whatever you want with cops because they're not going to probably fight back. And this is an isolated incident of a few cops who, uh, you know, just horribly did the worst thing in the world. And, uh, and, and, and Steve, now, if it comes out, if, if what you just told us is true, those charges will be upgraded to first-degree murder. Right now, second-degree murder. But what you're telling me, I mean, this, this could very well um, be a game-changer if that information does come out. Oh, I have no, no, I, no doubt that they're, it's going to come out in trial, and they, they're going to up the charge. I have no doubt. It just hasn't, for, I don't know what reason, and from, it just hasn't come out yet. And from a law enforcement perspective, the police officers, are they saying these guys ought to get whatever's coming to them as far as um, whatever the courts decide? Absolutely. 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 That's You just don't. You don't do that. It doesn't matter what happens. You don't treat another human being like that. No, you don't. No, you don't. Right. Steve, hey, I appreciate this intel. Uh, keep us updated if, if you hear of anything, and uh, and we appreciate you calling in. Uh, you bet. Thank you, Todd. All right. That's Steve, who's got contacts within the MPD. Steve is not telling me anything I have not heard. But it's all out there now, and a lot of pe- and you're not going to hear this part of it in the national media, but there's a lot more to this story. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Does there need to be police 
reform in America. You will hear the president talking about that tonight. We'll be right back. All right, uh, some breaking news for you professional wrestling fans out there. Uh, This is a bit of a shocker, and all you folks listening to us on KWAM especially, uh, this is going to uh, be of interest to you. Um, Jerry the King Lawler uh, has had a stroke. He suffered a stroke. It uh, happened at his home in Fort Myers, Florida. I believe he has residences here in the Memphis area. Uh, He's here all the time. And um, he has a home in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, he has undergone surgery, recovering at a Florida hospital. It's interesting. He was just uh, just a couple of days ago promoting that he was at some sort of a wrestling event. The guy is still active. I mean, he's still a professional wrestler, 73 years old. Um, Lawler celebrated his 50th anniversary in the wrestling ring back in 2020. This is uh, coming from Action News 5. That's the memphis tv affiliate Uh, but his uh, career includes decades of wrestling in memphis uh, also wrestled with the wwe and um, anyway just uh, pray for pray for jerry lawler as he's recovering from this stroke that's really all the information we have right now Uh, i'm sure uh, that um, the folks on KWAM, Earl Farrell, who's the afternoon radio host on KWAM in Memphis, uh, good friends with Jerry. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he was actually in studio, uh, gosh, a couple of months ago. A little bit of KWAM trivia for our national audience. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was actually a DJ on KWAM back in, what, the 1960s, I would say? Probably the 1960s, and got fired. <laughs> so. No, I did not own this. I did not own the station at the time. So, but anyway, just the nicest guy. I got he and I were on a flight together. We were flying back to Memphis, and um, it was a connecting flight somewhere from, in Atlanta, and um, and and we had a we had a good visit. Just the kindest guy sitting back in coach, hanging out, talking to everybody, just like a regular guy. So we really hope that uh, that Jerry the King Lawler uh, is uh, has a speedy recovery. Again, that breaking news, Jerry the King Lawler, a Memphis wrestling legend, uh, had a stroke uh, at his home in Fort Myers, Florida. Wow, there you go. All right, 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I'm just going to tell you flat out, this is a weird, creepy story, and there's, but you need to know about this in case this happens to you. From CNN, uh, an 82-year-old woman who had been pronounced dead at a nursing home on Long Island, New York, was actually found to be alive nearly three hours later at a funeral home. The woman had been pronounced dead Saturday at the Winter's Edge Rehab and Nursing Center in Port Jefferson at 11.15 a.m. So they took her to the funeral home, and I guess they put her in the they put her in the coffin or they're getting ready to do whatever they do to a dead body and somebody said holy crap this woman's still alive the woman has not been identified so she was taken back to the hospital she's not dead yet this is terrible police were unable to obtain an update on the woman's condition so as far as we know she is still alive 
if that was me, I would have had a sign just, I am still alive, I'm just taking a nap, and I'm a deep sleeper. The Suffolk County Police and the New York State Department of Health are investigating. The Attorney General's office also investigating, quote, this is an awful situation that caused unnecessary trauma for the impacted resident and her loved ones. Oh, geez, Lord, did they put her in the bag? You know, they put them, They put the body in the bag and they zip it up and then they take it down. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, being the person at the funeral home who has to take possession of the body and the next thing you know, they're pulling a Lazarus right there in the funeral home? In a statement to CNN, the funeral home said, out of respect for the privacy and confidentiality, so they're not commenting. They're not going to comment. So this is not the first time this has happened, though. This is fascinating. I didn't even realize this was a thing. But a few years ago, no, this was in December, a 66-year-old woman was found breathing inside a body bag. What are you people doing out there? This happened in Iowa, KXEL, Jeff Stein country. Officials said the 66-year-old woman was found breathing inside a body bag after she was pronounced dead. That would be, have you had that nightmare where you're, you're like frozen and you're paralyzed and you can't move and people think you're dead and they put you in a coffin and then they, that's like that in real life. And I don't mean to cause anyone to have any nightmares out there, but I'm telling you, if if the doctor comes and says, I'm sorry, but your loved one has passed on to, to glory, um, you might want to just go in as doc, you sure about that? Just put like a little mirror over the mouth of the person and make sure they're st- make sure that if they're still with us, you don't want to put grandma in a in a ziploc bag. Nobody wants to do that. Jeez, aloo, America. All right, uh, coming up, we've got some more intel on the CBS News Satan worship concert. It was what is it? Worship night across America with with Beelzebub. Uh, we've got more intel on that coming from our friends over at Focus on the Family. We'll tell you more about that. Also. We got to check in with our good buddy, Charles Thorngren, over at Legacy Precious Metals. He's got some tips to help you as you plot your retirement plans. You want the clue? Buy gold and silver. All right, stick around, everybody. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. All right, uh, hello everybody, hour three of the big show. Uh, good to have you with us today as we await President Biden's State of the Union address. That's coming up a little bit later on tonight. By the way, we're going to have live coverage on uh, ToddSterns.com. Be sure to check that out. That really is our landing page. Uh, we've got about 1.5, 1.6 million readers a month over on the website. 
And the podcast, now what, ranked number 78th in all of America. So thank you for that. About 1.3 million uh, podcast downloads last month. And uh, we're, we just want to say thank you. So uh, lots of great free resources for you, our newsletter, and of course, also the free podcast. Go ahead and write down our telephone number. You're going to need this uh, if you want to call into the program, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. By the way, before we go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, a developing story out of Phoenix in downtown Phoenix. There is uh, some dude who is trying to climb up the side of the Chase Tower in, in downtown. Uh, police are closing nearby streets to the public, and uh, they don't know who this guy is. But uh, anyway, the, he is um, he's making his way up the, the side of the tower. There's like a little crevice all the way up the side of the tower, and uh, he's using his back and legs to, to climb all the way uh, to the top. Well, no, well, Dylan, they're blocking the streets in case the guy, you know, falls. You know, it's the splatter zone. You don't want to, you just don't want to be anywhere near that. That's, that's the reason why. So we'll keep you updated on how this guy's doing. What a moron. All right. Uh, yesterday, CBS catching a lot of blowback for their worship night across America featuring, featuring Beelzebub. Uh, this happened at the Grammys with Sam Smith and that satanic performance. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Honored to have with us Adam Holtz. He's the director of Focus on the Family's plugged-in movie review site. Adam, good to have you with us today. Todd, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, so what's the deal here? The Sam Smith, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with the guy, but uh, it was him and somebody else, and they're both yeah. dudes who think right. they're what, – what, one's non-binary and the other – just help me out here. I'm confused. Right. Well, Sam Smith and Kim Petras, who was born Tim Petras, performed their duo Unholy, which was a song that came out uh, last year and was a big hit for Sam Smith. And um, there, are, there are several layers to unpack here, Todd, and we can take it point by point. Uh, but we can, uh, we'll get to maybe some of the meaning of the song and the, the transgender connection a little bit further on in our conversation. But obviously, the starting point here is that Sam Smith dressed up as, well, as Satan, really. And he you know, had a red costume on and horns and the whole bit and looked menacing and, and sang this song called Unholy. And you know, we'll talk about that a bit more here in just a second. And uh, Kim Petras, who is a transgender artist who had, uh, you know, a sex change operation a number of years ago and has actually been pretty high profile in that world, um, does essentially a duet, you know, with him on the song. And so they were uh, given the Grammy for Best Pop Duo and Group Performance. And uh, during the acceptance speech, Kim Petras thanked Sam Smith and, and thanked the Academy for you know, being the first transgender recipient of this award. And I actually think that's a bigger conversation than the, say, you know, the superficially, you know, satanic theatricals. Uh, but we can start with the satanic stuff because that is obviously what's getting the most attention here. Yes, it is, and uh, and so I'll kind of lead us through this uh, this conversation here, uh, Adam. Sure. I'm curious, what does all of this mean for the culture at large? I mean, it because everybody is latching on to the whole satanic side of this, and yeah. I'm and I'm kind of curious. 
there were a lot of contemporary Christian artists in that auditorium. I'm wondering if any of them actually got up and walked out. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that question. Here's what I would say is, is interesting to me. I think that you can go back to the 1960s at least that far, you know, maybe further than that. You can get into some of the old blues guys in the, you know, earlier in the century. But we had the Rolling Stones who sang Sympathy for the Devil. And then, of course, we had Led Zeppelin with Stairway to Heaven and Jimmy Page's well-known love affair with the occult. And you can just sort of march through the decades, right? We've got Black Sabbath. We've got Ozzy and the craziness that he was associated with in the 1980s. Oh, remember Kiss? When I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, God. That, that terrified um, me. And here's the point I want to make. I don't want to minimize the satanic imagery because I think it's I think it's significant, but I think it's telling that you know rock and roll from the get go has been about rebellion and about counterculture, but in a world where everything is allowed and everything is embraced, how do you even do something that is visually transgressive anymore? I mean, you can't even hardly do it with sex anymore because the entire culture is so desensitized, Todd. And so it's interesting to me that that Sam Smith, who up to now has been, he's uh, openly gay. His previous stuff has been, you know, a longing, soul-suffering gay man looking for love and not finding. He's been very, very earnest. It's sort of like, well, what do I do to take my career to the next level? I've got to appropriate controversy, right? I mean, Madonna did it in the 80s. Marilyn Manson did it in the 90s. This is not a new thing. And so... On one hand, I want to take the satanic imagery really seriously. And on the other hand, I want to say, look, this is just a theatrical appropriation for the purpose of shocking us. But it's interesting that the only way to shock anybody anymore is to reach into the Christian tradition for Christian imagery. Um, And, you know, you can say, obviously, he's not hewing to that. But, man, there's a lot to talk about there. But I, I think it smacks of a kind of desperation and I think for us as Christians, I actually don't want to take the outrage bait. I want to talk about the bigger issues with his worldview, because I think that's where the real conversation is. All right, so so the Satan worship, not a big deal. Um, so what is the big deal for you? Well, I think the big deal is with what we're seeing in entertainment across the board, which is, you know, the whole um, very, very deep embrace of LGBT uh, everything, right? And and here we have the first trans artist who's being lifted up and who's being celebrated. And here I think we need to talk about the song for a second. The song itself, the lyrics are about a man who has an affair with some kind of sex worker. It seems to be a prostitute. Uh, and that's why it's called Unholy. I mean, even in the title, even though it, that sounds transgressive, Sam Smith is sort of at least giving us a small tip of the hat that this isn't necessarily a good thing, except that the song really kind of celebrates the fact that this guy's in a marriage that's awful, and so he's off dallying, doing his own unholy thing on the side, and isn't that great, right? And so as we teach our kids about sexuality, I think we need to be having a worldview conversation with them where we're looking really deeply at the lyrics, at the images, at the ideas that are in play, because there's a unified message being delivered, and that is, as long as there's consent, that's the only sexual ethic that we need to talk about, and everything else uh, is okay. And obviously, 
from a, a biblical and a scriptural position, um, we have a well-formed theology of the purpose and place of sexuality, and we need to be having that conversation in an ongoing way with our kids because the culture is ramming that conversation down their throats. So, and, so, so let me ask you this. So what are parents supposed to do here? Because, you know, the kids, yeah. there are probably some very good church-going kids that probably yep. had this stuff on their playlist. Exactly. And I think that when it comes to music, we need to be doing a number of things. I think that we need to start with um, cultivating a relationship that we can know what our kids are listening to, right? Um, Back in the day when you and I were growing up, our parents, if we weren't around, might be able to go into our bedrooms and see what, you know, pick, take your pick, eight tracks, albums, cassettes, or CDs we had laying around. But in the streaming age, it's more difficult to know. And so we, we need to be asking our kids, hey, what are you listening to? And music, I think, is perhaps the most personal entertainment medium out there, um, Todd. It's one that kids identify with. They don't just like something. They identify with their favorite musicians. And so I think the next question is, well, what do you identify with? And what is that person's worldview? And, you know, when our kids are younger, it's absolutely appropriate for us to step in as parents and say, you know what, that worldview does not line up with what we believe. We're not going to have that on our playlist in our house. Um, But I think as our kids get into their middle and teen years, we begin to give them some freedom to make their own decisions, even as we set boundaries and keep having those conversations. So, for example, my 16-year-old son is into a British band called Muse. Not everything about Muse uh, I'm crazy about, but relative to a lot of the other stuff that's out there, I'm, you know, willing to let him listen to that. And we have conversations about Muse's worldview. And so I think so much of popular music is is still drenched in sexuality. We've got to be talking about that. We set those limits. We do restrict, and we keep the communication lines open, Todd. So, for example, so you have Christian moms and dads out there. They they discover uh, their 16-year-old has Sam Smith on the playlist. Is that a problem? Is that problematic? Well, I think it potentially is. I mean, I, I think that we need to have a conversation that starts with, Tell me about your interest in Sam Smith, not as a gotcha question, not as a prosecuting attorney. And again, this is for a 16-year-old, not a 10- or 11-year-old. I think if you've got a younger child, you say, you know what, we don't think that's appropriate and we're willing to talk about why, but we're going to take that off your list. But I think that we begin to ask our kids questions. What's the worldview? What does this person say is normal, is right, is good? And does that line up with what Scripture has to say? And we begin to give them the freedom to say, you know, if we're embracing a life of faith, what do you think God thinks about listening to this artist? Is that something that he wants us to do? And not in a heavy-handed, manipulative way, but really trying to cultivate that mindset. Because I think, Todd, when our kids leave home, when they're 17 or 18 or 25 or 35, whatever that is, um, we want them to be able to think for themselves and to think critically and so we want to be modeling that conversation about these things. Uh, and I think that there's a conversation to be had about sexuality as well. Um, Sam Smith is obviously openly gay. Uh, you could listen to a lot of his songs and not know that, um, but he's very outspoken in that sense. And so, man, it's uncomfortable. My kids are 16, 14, and 12, but we talk about sexuality all the time because the culture is having that conversation and I think we've got to equip our kids with a sophisticated theological understanding of 
what this thing is, this good thing that God created is, and how culture is distorting it. All right. Well, Adam, we're going to have to leave it there. We are late for a break. Uh, the web no the website pluggedin.com. That's pluggedin.com. Adam Holtz, director of Focus on the Families, plugged in movie review site. Adam, appreciate you coming on the show today. You bet. Thank you, Todd. All right. Thank you now. All right. There you go, folks. Uh, Focus on the family. You know, James Thompson used to be over there. Clearly, he's not now. Got to take a break. This is the Todd Starn Show. I I am just genuinely astounded. Um, by this this interview we just had with Focus on the Family, where they said, you know, yeah, uh, don't uh, don't take the bait. Don't. It's not a big deal. If little Billy is worshiping Satan, don't worry about it. It's all good. It's all good. Just have a talk with your child, honey. Can we have a conversation for just a moment? Now, little little Larry, just sit sit down here for a second, honey. Um. D- so, so you listen to Sam Shaw music? No, mommy, it's Sam Smith. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. So uh, you're listening to Sam Smith music? Mm-hmm. So, uh, honey, do you are do, do you like Satan? Do you do you share a kinship with Beelzebub? Do you have a taste for human flesh? Do you like to bite the heads off chickens, honey? No, I don't think that's what moms and dads would do. What the heck is going on over there? I mean, I look. I don't know. It's I'm not a parent, so I cannot I cannot go down that rabbit hole. But I will say this: if if you if you are a if you are a parent, what would you do if if your if you found out your child was listening to this kind of music? Would you would you confront the child, or would you just pat him on the head and say say okay? You sort it out, and you know we believe in you. That free-range parenting. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I would contend that the satanic part of this is actually more important because they are normalizing the worship of Satan. And this has been something that's been going on for the past couple of years with the uh, with the advancement of the Satan clubs on school property and the worship of Satan within the culture at large. And this has been going on for a while now. And I guess you can dismiss it if you want to, but I think it really sends a troubling message to the, and it does, especially when the church community or the religious community says, eh, you know, well, you got to pick our fights here. And that's what they're saying. Well, we got to pick our fights. And that's not one of them. There you go. All right, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. No, I think James Dobson has his own a separate thing now, and it's been years ago. Met him many times, a very kind man. So have you heard about these chat robots that are – it's the, the latest thing in AI, these uh, chat bots, and they're under fire. Uh, one of them posed, and Ben Shapiro shared this. I think this is fascinating. So these uh, these chatbots are actually um, coming up with hypothetical scenarios, and and one of the hypothetical scenarios uh, has to do 
with the end of days. And they the chatbot poses a very interesting question. And the question centers around whether or not whether or not it's okay to use a racial slur even in the event of a nuclear attack. So the way the chatbot set this up, they said, "All right, here's the deal. So you've got you've got a chance to save the world from nuclear annihilation, right?" So the problem is the code to stop the nukes from going off is actually a racially charged word. So what would you do? So the chatbot says, under no circumstances is it morally permissible to use a racial slur, even if it's the only way to save millions of people from a nuclear bomb. No, I'm not making this up. Ben Shapiro sharing this information. The new program is from OpenAI. That's artificial intelligence, a San Francisco-based company. <laughs> so there you go. They would rather millions of people die. That's, Folks, I'm telling you, the country's gone slap crazy. Just slap crazy. We got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. That's our number. Your call's coming up. Also, we're checking in with Charles Thorngren. Talk about the State of the Union. How about the state of your retirement accounts? You've got to be paying attention to that, folks. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Sarah Huckabee Sanders say tonight. First time on the big national stage since she was the White House press secretary. Give us a call, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Folks, you've heard this from Newsmax and even from President Trump. He was on the show yesterday. AT&T's DirecTV just removed Newsmax from 13 million homes. Now, AT&T owns DirecTV, and this is the second conservative channel they have removed in just a year. Meanwhile, DirecTV is still keeping 22 liberal news channels on the air. So let me tell you, I love Newsmax. They have been incredibly good to me, and a lot of my listeners love Newsmax as well. And I know you guys are angry about the censorship, and that's why we have to apply heat. Newsmax is the fourth highest cable-rated news channel, and DirecTV did not deplatform a single liberal channel. Ron DeSantis says Newsmax was targeted, and it's wrong. Now, look, if you are a DirecTV or AT&T customer, you need to call this number. Write it down, 877-NEWSMAX. That's 877-NEWSMAX. You're going to get someone to contact you. You can also contact your congressman and complain about censorship. Simple number, 877-NEWSMAX. That's 877-NEWSMAX, folks. We've got to stand up to these woke companies, and that's why millions of people have joined our fight, the fight with Newsmax, as we target these woke corporations. Again, 877-NEWSMAX. By the way, uh, we mentioned Patriot Mobile a lot on this radio show, and with good reason. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Let me tell you something about Patriot Mobile. 
They are the answer to what AT&T is doing right now. You see, Patriot Mobile, they're fighting for causes we care about. They fight for freedom. They fight for religious liberty. They fight for the unborn. They've been supporting candidates who are conservative on school boards all over America. And they've got a plan to fit your budget, no matter how big or how small. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. And you can check out all of their programs, all of their plans. It doesn't matter if you're a business or you've got a large family. They've got a plan for you. By the way, use my first name, Todd, at PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. You're going to get some incredible discounts. Again, our telephone number, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Now, the big news tonight, what is President Biden going to tell the nation? We know for a fact that he's going to say the economy is strong when it's not. Elise Stefanik is also going to call for President Biden to answer for that Chinese spy balloon, cut number six. Tonight in his State of the Union, Joe Biden must answer for his failed leadership, whether it's the border crisis continuing to rage at our southern border, crushing inflation and over $30 trillion in national debt, or a balloon from communist China entering into the United States sovereign airspace. Joe Biden has caused a crisis in America. Sure has. And by the way, the reporters are going after KJP on this balloon scandal. Balloon, what are we calling it? Balloon gate? I don't know what we're calling it. We got to come up with a clever name. Cut number three. How is it possible that this administration discovered um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening? Yeah, so look, I think that, uh, and we have talked about this before, about how um, uh, when when the PRC government surveillance balloons uh, transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned, during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the administration administration uh, left, uh, but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give uh, briefings to key officials, uh, but this is something, uh, this is something, sorry, post, but this is something that we, we they did not, they were not aware of, as, as we've just laid out. All right, she is so full of it. Uh, wow, China now says they want the, they want their spy aircraft back. They say it doesn't belong to the U.S. Hey, China, Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. China says the balloon was a civilian aircraft not meant for surveillance. Now, this is fascinating because we told you earlier in the show, we were having this conversation with Barry Loudermilk, who is um, an Air Force veteran. And it's very clear when you see the, 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 the travel plan, the flight path for this device, it's very clear somebody is operating this thing. Somebody is piloting this aircraft remotely, and it's going over just about every single one of our missile silos and military installations from Montana all the way to South Carolina. And so now China is saying, well, th- th- this is not a big deal. This is, this is some sort of a, of an air, of a weather balloon. No, they were spying on us. 
by the way, 20, it's like a 20-story building. That's how big this balloon was. And the platform, with, with, with whatever the payload was, weighed about 1,000 pounds. And we understand there are at least two other balloons out there. So the question now is, what is the Biden administration going to do? Are they going to give it back? That's the question. Are they going to give it back? I want to talk about Twitter for a moment. And I don't mean any disrespect towards Elon Musk. It's his company. He bought it fair and square. He can do with it whatever he wants. I I don't keep the lights on over at Twitter HQ. But is it just me or has really not much changed over there? You know what I mean? I, I still don't see people in my feeds, including a lot of very popular conservatives, and they don't see me in their feeds. And I, I posted something about this, and I was really taken aback by the number of people who were noticing the same thing I was noticing. And I asked this because there's a report out of the Daily Wire that Senator Steve Daines out of Montana was locked out of his Twitter account. Now, what did Senator Daines from Montana do? Was he taking pictures of the, the China balloon? No. He had actually posted a photograph from a hunting trip he took with his wife. And the hunting photograph was, according to Twitter, graphic. They said that the senator violated the rules against graphic violence or adult content in profile images. Quote, we consider graphic violence to be any form of gory media related to death, serious injury, violence, or surgical procedures. Senator Daines was told that he must delete the profile photo in order to unlock his account. This is insane, the senator's spokesperson said, and Twitter should immediately reverse the suspension. Other lawmakers blasted Twitter for the decision, quote, if you don't like hunting, fine, don't go. But don't censor others who disagree. And I'm pretty sure this is a formal job responsibility for a senator from Montana. Oh, that's true, actually. They, everybody goes hunting up there. So I'm curious. I Initially, there seemed to be a bump, a surge, but now it's just like the way it used to be. Let's go to the phones here, 844-747-8868. Rebecca, listening to us on WLOB in Maine. Hey, Rebecca, what's going on? Hello, Mr. Starnes, and I hope you're having a good day. I'm having a good um, day. I want to thank you. Um, I just wanted to uh, weigh in on the Twitter thing. So I decided to re- re-engage Twitter after being absent for a while because of the craziness that was Twitter. Within 24 hours, I was shut down because I used, quote-unquote, hurtful language. What I did was I identified uh, people that are suffering, suffering from transgenderism uh, as a body dysmorphic uh, uh, problem, which by definition, that's what it is. And I was shut down because that's hurtful language. Is that right? So, so you got whacked again? I got whacked, yeah. In 24 hours, I mean, I thought, wow, that's, I think that might be a record. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm not surprised, Rebecca, but I can tell you that not much has changed, at least from my observations. Um, you know, we have and we have very high engagement in our, on our social media platforms, but not on Twitter. 
and we have you know two hundred and what two hundred and three thousand followers, I think, on Twitter, and we're lucky to get maybe maybe a few hundred to engage in a post. You can imagine that tells me yes, that there's sir. a shadow ban in place. I think so too, sir. Uh, Re- Rebecca, I'm. So- have you tried Getter or Parler or True Social? Are are those getting any traction for you? Um. It- to be perfectly honest, I, I went back to Twitter because I was just trying to um, look at how how things were were happening now that there was a new owner in the in the you know in the direction seat. And I have to agree with you, sir. I do not believe that there has been a big change. There might be. I mean, I thought we were going to have freedom of speech in you know in in involved, but I'm not feeling that that is the case. Rebecca, I'll tell you one of the bigger concerns I have, and you can say what you will about Twitter, but it has been useful in the past for breaking news. And uh, typically, you know, and so you have to know your sources and where to go. And that's one of the reasons why the blue check marks were so helpful, because it did sort of weed out who is legit, who is not legit. And now just about everybody's, you know, they've paid for these blue Twitter marks and you don't know who's who's real and who's not anymore. It's it's a it's really a big mess. It is, yes, sir. But you know what, Rebecca? It's it's his mess. So I mean, I <laughs> I hate it, but you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. All right. Well, Rebecca, Absolutely. thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Great station there, Ray Richardson Country. So I'm looking at the photograph that got that got the senator banned, and it's just. It's there's no blood, there's no guts, there's no gore. It's clear he's just posing with a photo of the uh, the giant beast that he and his wife shot. I can't tell what that is. It looks like an elk. I don't know. Somebody will call up and say what that is, but not a big fan of game, wild game. Give me a steak, but it's got to be a cow steak. Give me a burger, got to be a cow burger, and I'm good to go. We had a we had a place, we had a little burger joint in the neighborhood that opened up back when I was living in Brooklyn, and this is a weird neighborhood. They had an order, they had an organic mayonnaise shop, and I don't know how they stayed in business, but apparently a lot of people in Brooklyn love organic mayonnaise. Anyway, they opened up this burger joint, and I thought finally a good hamburger joint. So I go in there, and they had like two or three items on the menu, and one of them was a kangaroo burger. A kangaroo burger. So I went down to Burger King. It's unfortunate. So, all right. So I'm curious. Have you seen a change for the better, for the worse, or is it pretty much the same on Twitter? 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, if you haven't already done so, I would love for you to check out our upcoming trip to Israel. We're taking 100 of our listeners to Israel this fall for a seven-day, seven-night tour of the Holy Land. It's going to be a wonderful experience, and we want you to be a part of that. Now, if you'd like information, you can go to ToddStearns.com. want to answer two questions right away. I, we get these are the top two questions. Do you have to have the clot shot? No, you do not. You do not have to have the shot. Number two, do I have to pay the whole thing up front? No, you do You can actually pay in installments and you can do that by going over to our website we have a great secure landing page again toddsterns.com we'll be right back all 
All right, all you beautiful people, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Louise in Georgia. Hey, Louise, what's on your mind today? Well, we don't have time for all of it, Todd. <laughs> we'll take a but, smidge uh, of it. Okay. I give, Yeah, I'll give you a smidge, and i got a whole report here. Uh, one thing, I'm going to watch The Idiot tonight on TV just so I can hear Sarah Sanders Huckabee. Because bless her heart, she's got bigger jewels than any of the Republicans we have in Congress. So I can't wait to see what she hears. All right. But the main thing I want to know, I want to know is, did you watch Mark Levin Sunday night? No, I, I normally don't. But what was Levin up to? What did he have to say? All right. He had Victor Davis Hanson on for the whole hour. He told Congress, it, they, you, we know they're going to be blocked about, you know, anything they try to do, it's going to get blocked. But Levin told them exactly what to do. There's a law in there somewhere that they can, all of them that refuse to be subpoenaed, to appear, whatever, they can send the sergeant of arms and have them arrested and put in jail. So that's what I was hoping people would go back. Uh, you know, I don't have all that crap where you can go. I don't have nothing. But anyhow, I got a flip phone. Um, but people that can go back and watch Mark Levine Sunday night need to do so. Well, we'll go back and take a look at it. So, Louise, you you have you still have a flip phone? Is that right? (laughs) I'm seventy years old. Well, that's okay. Look, we you would be shocked at the number of eighty five year olds that actually download our podcast. So they're like really technologically savvy these days. Well, I'm not there. I don't want to be. You don't want to be. You're good with. (laughs) I don't blame you. I listen to you, and that's good. I don't understand why anybody would get on Twitter, even though I like to do that bought it. But you're right. You know, it just let, it just stayed good for a little while, and then went back to crap. Mm-hmm. But, no, you know, it did. That's his. That's his forty-four billion dollar whatever. You know what? He's paying the light bill, so you know. That's right. More power to you. But I mean, Twitter's dangerous, and I just don't understand why anybody gets on it. But that's just me, Louise. You know, it's a really, it's a good thought. But I really hope people will go back and watch, because to me, Victor Davis Hanson is a genius. And and I hope everybody will go back and watch it. He's a good guy. We'll try to get him back on the show one of these days soon. Louis, and then people yeah. need to start calling those morons we have in Congress. Yes, I, I, I love the official Southern pronunciation of that. You're right, it's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have another word, but you bleep me out. No, we, we'd have to bleep you, Louise. I don't want to do that. I know. <laughs> I know. You take care of yourself. All right. need you bad. All right. You too. All right. Thank, thanks, Louise. You know who All we right, haven't – Thank you. You know we haven't heard from in a long time, folks? Our good friend, Jerry Lynn. I hope she's doing okay. We haven't heard from her in a long time. I was uh, – I'll just give you a tease here. Uh, part of the new book – we're actually taking some of the conversations we've had on the radio and turning those into chapters in the book. And so I was writing up one, and I thought, you know, we haven't heard from Miss Jerry Lynn in a long time, so maybe she'll maybe she'll give us a call on um, on tomorrow's program. Hey, by the way, remember Riley Gaines? Remember her? Uh, Riley Gaines. She was the uh, the women's swimming star at Kentucky, and she came under fire for speaking out about these transgender athletes and she is going to be a guest 
at tonight's State of the Union address, not 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 not, not Joe Biden's. No, no, no. Uh, Congresswoman Lisa McLean, uh, the Republican of Michigan, uh, she is going to. Um, she has invited Riley Gaines to be her guest at the State of the Union address tonight. I love what the Republicans are doing here, making political statements with these these invitations. All right. Look, tonight, folks, we're going to be providing live coverage on our website, toddsterns.com. Hang out with us. You're going to be able to weigh in, give your opinion on the State of the Union. And tomorrow, we're going to have full analysis. All right. We got to get out of here. Be good, America. This is the Todd Stern Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.